Support for Tones and Drones is provided by Spotted Peccary Music. For over three decades, the artists of Spotted Peccary have continued to explore the combined textures of electronic and acoustic music, defining a unique sound that embodies the essence of the world and beyond. More information at spottedpeccary.com. You can hear conversations with many of the artists from the Spotted Peccary label on episodes of this podcast and their music on Tones and Drones Radio on 91.3 FM and streaming online at kvou.org on Sundays at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Welcome to this episode of Tones and Drones, an ambient music podcast produced in the studios of 91.3 FM KVLU Beaumont. I'm Jason Miller, and on this episode, my guest is Brian Hughes, who uses the musical moniker Atopus to produce what he calls progressive electroacoustic music for the imagination and soul. Brian recently signed to the Spotted Peccary music label and His recent album is called Cup. We'll be talking about that album and also his uh, unique take on music, his background that uh, led him from heavy metal and punk to ambient stylings. So, up next on this episode of Tones and Drones, my conversation with Atopus. Thanks for being on uh, Tones and Drones podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, really appreciate it. Um, really appreciate it. I was able to listen to the new album and uh, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I uh, will kind of uh, intersperse our conversation, I'm sure, with that that plenty on here. It's a pretty conversational podcast, and uh, we just kind of we just kind of talk a bit and. Uh, anything you want to answer you can if not you don't have to (laughs) fair enough sounds good to me uh you know the brian i I wanted to to start i I wanted to ask you whenever someone comes on with a utilizing in the ambient world uh using a a moniker or a band of one in in a sense of the word uh when i'd gone to your website you have a really nice frequently asked questions on there and and, uh, explaining like what you do and there i like that you had one is 
you know, something like, the, are you this whole band? Are you making all the music? But uh, I wanted to ask you where the where you arrived at Atopus as your uh, as your name uh, to 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 uh, uh, create your music. Yeah, it, it is a definitely a frequently asked question, and uh, you know, going back twenty years, I I might have done it differently because I get asked that so much. Um, uh, I kind of I came from a band mentality um okay yeah I I've I have and still do play bass guitar in bands just to oh, okay. mostly for fun you know just to you know be physically and socially involved in in the music instead of just staring at a screen so <laughs> I'm just used to the I'm just used to the tradition of uh you know, band members uh, sitting around late at night, uh, tossing around band names, you know, brainstorming two or 300 names. And, and that's the one I landed on is Atopus. And I, I figured, and again, this is 20 years ago, uh, before my first, uh, the first Atopus album came out. Um, you know, it just seemed like A-E meaning time, and uh, topus kind of suggesting place and it, it's just a word i made up yeah. so and you know over the years you, you you put out enough albums and things just stick and so yeah i guess i can't go back now <laughs> i i've that's you know i've heard that i've heard that before i, I it's one of those things where it's like you know and if you tell somebody like a, a friend of yours musician friend or whatever you know i'm thinking about changing my names most of them will say well yeah i don't know about yeah. that it's pretty good i like it you gotta stay because you're then you're rebranding and i know oh so much now now when you're playing in bands what um what kind of musical styles uh is sort of your background in, in being in a, uh, you know, kind of a band setting. Uh, so I am not a trained, uh, bass guitar player. I, it's just, uh, I grew up with uh, heavy metal, punk, goth, oh, wow. um, kind of the, the, the heavier end of the, of the eighties. And, um, I, I don't know, I, you know, a little bit of, funk thrown in there yeah but you know i'm i'm self-taught not not terribly proficient but uh good enough to you know be on a stage have a good time make a lot of noise okay punk and goth and so so you're thinking of like those bass lines those those nice midsy bass lines from like the cure right simon gallup or or the sisters of mercy you know the bass and that music oh is yeah very, like nice and midsy and and oh, punctual yeah. and just driving, you know. Definitely grew up grew up in a college radio environment for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. A Peter Hook, you know. I, sure, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I I I that style, that kind of yeah, because that the bass is so the bass is utilized, it's so it's got such a punctuating style and 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 some of that genre of, of metal, metal punk, yes. goth, post punk stuff yeah, yeah yeah for sure that's cool so like a college music environment so like what were bands that you were like uh these are some of my bands well it was it, interestingly so i i was I, I have to confess i was mostly into heavy metal but uh i spent about a decade living in a little college town called moscow idaho okay. um i received a uh 
Bachelor of Fine Arts there and hung out for a little while. And um, I was a volunteer DJ at KUOI FM Moscow, the college station. Nice. Um, and it's a, a small enough community where you know the the heavy metal folks and the punk folks and the the trench coat makeup people and everybody kind of knew each other and got along just because you kind of had to living in a a rural environment so we didn't have a whole lot of um factions or you know conflict between our little genres you know everybody went to everybody's shows and listen to everybody's music on the radio so and you know it's before the internet so you didn't just get what you wanted you 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 had the radio and you had the record stores so well the classic classic college radio what was your show called do you have a name for your show oh no there was no name for the show no it was just me spinning uh spinning metal records (laughs) but uh, you know it was it was weird though because i would actually mix in uh tangerine dream and you know wh- whatever i could find in there i'd create this uh <laughs> this uh weird mosaic of of uh, sound <laughs> you, like what was some of your metal like what was some of your metal metal is so um yeah well, now it's so multi-genre now there's so many this metal this metal thrash metal you know me- this what was some of your metal at that time that that you latched on to you know i have the uh <laughs> i have the the privilege memory of um, being one of the very first people to uh, listen to Metallica's Kill 'Em All. Okay. <laughs> I was okay. I was sitting in the booth and the music director came up behind me and slapped it down in front of me on the desk and and he was like, "Have you heard this?" And I was, "No, I, I, I th- these guys look like." bunch of gnarly kids and everything and i put it on and i was like wow that's crazy i I was a metallica fan for about three albums but like i said you know it 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 evolved into you know the wax tracks stuff and ministry and kmfdm and frontline assembly stuff like that okay get a little industrial there getting a little yeah Yeah, get a little interested in things that were more than just guitars and drums and bass yeah yeah then you got yeah you've got yeah front 242 and then you got nine inch nails comes along and yeah um do you like um the evolution of of that to where you where you landed as a composer in in this realm um you know reading about your music and listening to tidbits and going into cup I, I I hear the I hear you know a lot of colors. I hear the darker stuff you've done and the stuff that is more um, uh, lighter or different shades and stuff. Do, do do you think that the 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 metal background did that kind of flow into your um, your ambient uh, darkness or did ambient come from someplace else in the solar system or the galaxy that caught your ear? Yeah, that's an awesome question because we've been talking about heavy music for for, for a while here. And um, so, so the weird thing is uh, when I was a teenager, um, about once, I want to say once a year, but it's probably closer to once every 18 months or two years, I would uh, visit my grandparents. I actually grew up on the East Coast and they uh, they lived in Idaho. Um, so go to visit, uh, to visit them. 
and they were uh, in a in a state like Idaho. They were they were conservationists. Um, they they were very progressive, I would say, for 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 their age group and just where they lived. And they, my grandmother would go to the uh, the local library in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and um, she would check out LPs, bring them home and basically pirate them. I, I never thought of it as that at the time, but she would make, uh, she'd make cassettes. She'd make two, she'd make one for their car and one for their house. Nice. And at some point, she gave me this box of pirated cassettes and it was um it was Kitaro, uh ray lynch uh tangerine dream um some of the some of the the windham hill stuff that was coming out at the time yeah and so yeah so yeah. here i am this yeah. this long-haired kid uh but i've got all i'm sitting on all these these tapes and uh, again with the in pre-internet universe you just listen to what you had and i didn't have a ton of money I, to go out and just buy you know drop 10 bucks on an album that, of my choice so you know i i listened to that listened to it through headphones a lot on my sony walkman and that was kind of mixed in with the uh with the harder stuff and so that's where that came from um and plus plus the the soundtracks of that era i watched a lot of sci-fi and fantasy um so uh trevor Dr jones uh dark crystal soundtrack all the yes. john williams stuff i just yes. i just loved all the blade runner there you yes. go um yeah so it, it all got mushed together into this kind of orchestral uh, electronic yet kind of darker at times um style that's developed over a couple decades here that that uh yeah a lot with the soundtracks on that yeah me too a lot of those artists and vangelis yeah. john williams that dark crystal soundtrack yes that is that i i'm a big fan of the dark crystal and uh that soundtrack is just really nice. really wonderful really wonderful soundtrack and stuff like that yeah there was an era of very interesting soundtracks very mm -hmm. very very mm -hmm. very good stuff going on in that time uh yeah trevor horn um when um let's talk about kind of like transitioning into transitioning into being electronic and and i i i like on your frequently asked questions if if you know do, do i make all this music and and that one right there is an interesting question i, I want to talk about it because on this program we have a lot of people that they make all that music or there's some collaborations either on the cover of the album or they're in the liner notes. Right. And so mm -hmm. ambient music is not, is, is a lot of times solitary, but obviously not always. It doesn't have to be. That's one of the great things about it. In my opinion is that people mm -hmm. can work together and now they can work across the country and the world. So I wanted to ask you about that. Like, did it start, you know, just you and you had, did you have to put that question on there because you got posed that question. They listened to your albums. They said, are you playing all of this? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're really making me think now because, um, you know, I think that that particular question may need a little bit of an update because it's almost kind of a given now, isn't it? It's, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yes, you're, you you are spot on. I did get asked that by a um, a younger person. Um, I, I think it was actually my niece who who, who didn't, and, and she she's an adult now, but she was maybe eight or ten at the time. Yeah. And it it didn't make sense to her that um, you like, how does he do this? Is he sitting there and does he have? 30 hands or or well yeah what what's going on here yeah because you hear all these sounds yeah right right but yeah i mean for for the most part i i do it is an outdated question now um because because it's just so common for i mean you can you can be anyone and have a laptop and some freeware and uh you know a, a sound interface and maybe a microphone and just diy uh so yeah that, it, i do do it all myself uh with a, occasional collaborators and i have a great friend and uh mixing engineer that uh works with me through the final stages and and picks through all the frequencies and you know gets gets it just right but yeah i it is mostly a solo endeavor Okay. Uh, every now and then I'll bring somebody in to do a little vocal work just for accents, a little percussion. Yeah. Um, terrorize my friends a little bit and <laughs> put, them, put them to work. <laughs> they like to come in. I'm sure they come in and pass something. Now, now you had a bass guitar. Uh, and so um, when did you get and synthesizers and what did you, what was your, your weapons of choice uh, then and now? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, I'm going to say, cause you had a bass, you had a bass for, when you were playing bass, you yeah. were just playing bass and you hadn't really walked into sense at the same time. I kind of back up. Right. A bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. remember, um, cause you said master, this, you said bachelor of fine arts and I was thinking you might've had another instrument. No, no, th- were, this was, I, I, I was a, a painter. Okay, painter. I, I was okay. Studied visual arts. Yeah. It's, okay. Okay. Cool. You know, so, so sometimes people like me just do a little bit of everything until, until yeah. you figure yeah. figure things Been out. Then there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I would say 1997, 1998. Um, I I realized that um, uh, computers were getting a little more affordable and a little bit faster and you know after after a few bands you know unless you're really going for it and being completely professional and you're on task and everybody in the band is on task you know unfortunately bands tend to come and go somebody uh starts a new relationship or they move or somebody just has to take a new job just just whatever happens and so the the last time that happened i was kind of like you know this i'm tired of this stop and start or start and stop uh, thing with the bands and I, i could just maybe get a computer and start learning that and um i did that it was it was like a uh 386 it was like the slowest computer you could even imagine it had like 1.2 gigs of ram or of, of uh 
of memory yeah. of, hard, of hard drive. I it's remember like, that when you had like, it was a big deal. It's like, I've got one gigabyte. Oh yeah. And they come I out with the 10, they come out with the 10 gig uh, uh, storage and you're, everybody's like, you know, yeah. who, who could ever use that? That's ridiculous. Why spend <laughs> any, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, um, I started with a program called Cakewalk. Oh yeah, I think I had, and yeah. that that later became Sonar, and that mm -hmm. company is now defunct. But mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I was pretty close to being in on the ground floor of um, uh, computer-based MIDI uh, platforms. Okay. Um, yeah. I I, I want to say I was self-taught, but you know, I I I did my reading and looked at the websites of the time and and read the manual. So it's not like I was self-taught. It was just I struggled through it like everybody else back then. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. We didn't know. Yeah, that was it. Was, that was a new thing. And now the software sense and everything and the VSTs have become obviously they it's expanded upon that. Now, when you first I, I looked through your album, I, I I was listening to I'd well I had gotten the new album and I was listening to um I was listening to your your totem 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 album. Um, oh, good. Thanks for listening. And yeah. uh, I, that's one that we have here. And I've listened to that one. And then I was I was also I was went back a a, a, a little bit farther to Between Empires and um, and uh, just such rich sounds. And I I, uh, I wanted to ask you um, I want to ask you I want to 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 go to like the, the new album, the new album cup here for Spotted Peccary. That's must be mm -hmm. cool. We'll say that you're, you know, signed on to Spotted Peccary now. And you're, this is like your debut album, I guess you would say, right. With, 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 yes. With, with the label. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and you got, uh, it was, you know, and um, it's, you got the, you've got the interest, the always uh, fascinating and fantastic artwork of Daniel Pipitone. Um, uh a friend of the show. I, but, I, I listened to I listened to your interview with him a couple of days ago too. That was, it was amazing. It was amazing his process. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, just he's awesome. It just opened up so much like thought to me about how he listens to the album and how he does what he does, you know. You, you, you know what's kind of funny, not to take too much time on it, but he 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 was uh I remember him mentioning how he 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 uh, was surprised that his name came up so much, and here, here we are again. So, <laughs> without well, his knowledge, <laughs> without his knowledge, but I think, you know, ambient electronic and the the styles of it, they still resonate in the the artwork of the album being a, a important part of it, and and physical media and stuff, and it. It, it's so important for ambient music. So it's like, you know, I'd it uh, that always came across the desk with, with a lot of albums is because you're, you're sitting here with the CD and, you know, and looking through it and talking mm -hmm. about it and you can't really ignore the importance of it because I think that's a genre where it still stands the album art and the cover and the booklet. And, and I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that yeah. that still has a place in, in, and in this music itself. So when this particular album for that, um, you know, I noticed so many different shades in there, and I, I really, I think what got me first is sort of the um, just sound wise going in was a lot of the uh, mallet like marimba like 
parts, synth parts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, definitely, and I, I just kind of definitely something that harkened back to some of those soundtracks you talked about and those lines, those kind of mm-hmm. lines and those rips and stuff like that you would hear in, in, in that decade. But I wanted to ask you about the album. What was your process and what was your intention, obviously, of producing the album cup? You got a lot of one one you like one one word titles too. I know so. Yeah, yeah. Um I think uh you know there's been an evolution probably over I want to say the past 10 or 12 years where Atopus has uh, kind of evolved from a, a more of a pastoral thing um that's got a lot more um, orchestral elements and string instruments and kind of ethnic flavors uh it it, i've kind of in the past few years been influenced by a a more urban sound uh, almost um with a lot more beeps and blips and uh electronics going on but still you know you mentioned like mallet type things i i do still like the the warmth of of things like that um as far as actually uh how i create it that's also evolved um I kind of, I, I have this thing that I've started to do in the past, oh, over the past three or four albums, which is, I, I you know, I think it was Michelangelo that's, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and compare myself to a, a, a super <laughs> famous person. Okay, not um, the Ninja uh, but, Turtle, not the Ninja Turtle. I, I, I obviously, <laughs> no, not the Ninja Turtle, although who knows, but um <laughs> Obviously, Michelangelo did not say this, <laughs> but but there's there's some quote or, or some sentiment to the effect of uh, everybody thinks I'm a great sculptor, but all I'm doing is removing the uh, the marble of the block that is not the sculpture, right? Yeah. And so, like, like the sculpture is already in the block. I'm just removing the stuff that's not the piece. So that that's sort of part of what I've started doing is I, I create these massive 40 track uh, piles of sound and all the sounds are related to each other. Um, uh, all, all the harmonies, everything can kind of go with everything else. And then I just start hitting mute and I start deleting things so mm. I can get get down to so i can find the silence uh find the space in between uh all this noise that i've created and i really like doing that it's it's um it's not subtractive in in the literal sense of of digital technology it's it's but it's subtractive uh in a creative way um yeah that's that's like we put it that way it's not subtractive in a digital sense it's more of right. like, it's more of how you more of an arrangement thing, I guess right. you would say. Yeah. 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 An arrangement. Yeah. Thing. And and it really helps me pick out what's important. Um because you know, I some of the technology these days, especially like the plugins, the the the, the digital plugins, um, software sense, they they just they they give you so much. 
and it's you got to be careful to not let these these programs and these sense do everything for you and so it's important yeah. to me to you know to weed things out and go okay that's just that whoever created this synthesizer like deserves the 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 credit for this song if if i just yeah. let it play like that that's ridiculous so yeah yeah <laughs> so i end up so i end up subtracting and tweaking and and making adjustments until it sounds like it's mine especially when it comes to to padding like some of these pads it's like you hold it down and it's it's so much to it it's like yeah this this person this they're making part of this song i mean it's just the padding is so um sometimes it's so full and so um yeah it, elaborate on so much why not just so much hold, yeah. hold a key down for five minutes and then there's your yeah. song there's your so. song yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and i remember I remember uh, like, you know, a, a while back from this, they first started out like, you know, maybe like 10 years ago when some of them are out. Um, it was, um, it was, um, it was uh, easier. It might not be the right word, but it was, um, I found it, uh, um, I found it easier for lack of a better word to customize them and, and save them or especially working in an Ableton environment. And then mm -hmm. later it, there were some, again, that were just so full out, you know, just hold it down. Okay. I've got a, um, I've yeah. got a, I've got an ambient drone song right there. Boom. You know, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and stuff like that. So I, I, I like that how you can, you choose them and you're able to tweak them and move them around. Now this particular, this particular album, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask about some of the selections on here. Like, what are some particular tracks here that um, that because um, we we kind of um, you know we intersperse as we go with some of the music. But what are some particular tracks in here that were um, that were so I, you know I, I say influential it might be a better word, but were partic particularly uh, a particular track that you call out and said, "Hey, I really." I did something different on this one, or I kind of liked how this one turned out because of something. Were there any ones that became, as you kind of move things around and, and took things out that kind of um, surprise you on what it was, what it became, it, I guess is probably a better it, word. It, as you Yeah. Um, track two uh, is called clean break. Mm -hmm. And it, that's actually a little bit of a departure from um you know the 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 more washy more ambient uh uh things and i have to admit that i was inspired by an artist named uh ruxpin or that that's that's his uh moniker ruxpin. another guy another guy with a with a name that's not his um <laughs> he's uh he's an icelandic producer and I asked him, what, what, what do people, what do you call this type of music that I had never heard of this before uh, uh, discussing this with him last year. And uh, he, he, he said, well, I don't really like this, but I, everybody seems to call it IDM. Ha have you heard of that? <laughs> that IDM? IDM. Okay, we all, yeah, we, IDM. we know it. I, yeah. IDM. EDM, I guess, is electronic dance music. Oh, is that the intelligent? 
it's it, right it's like intelligent, intelligent dance, dance music, music. But wait a minute believe, is that an oxymoron no i'm joking that's that, that that's the weird thing is like <laughs> yeah. there's nothing there's nothing dancey about anything he does or anything i do um yeah that's the ironic just, part yeah I, I i think it's electronic music for people who sit around and listen to electronic music instead of going right. to clubs or something sure. I, I don't know sure that's a good but, way to put it that's a good way to put it but, <laughs> almost like but, chill out almost like chill out music yeah yeah know. yeah but, but but the way that percussion can be used and and the way these uh kind of staccato kind of song length compositions can be put together I, I kind of was inspired by that style of music even though nobody likes to say intelligent dance music that's yeah. kind of I, I kind of took a little detour in that direction so yeah track two clean break just has this nice bite-sized song length um vibe to it that's that's fun for me to listen to it's fun for me to make Could, and you could dance to it if you wanted to intelligently. Well, if you really try, you might be able to do some kind of weird yoga rhythm thing to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, exploring rhythm within the confines of um, of uh, more ambient or 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 drone type music is is uh, is uh, is a real fascinating exploration. You know, it's like um, it doesn't have to be no beats. You know, it just has to be. The beats can be, I guess you have more room to to arrange the beats than you do. It gives you a little bit more freedom if if you versus if you were actually doing yeah, electronic it's a, dance it's a, music. Yeah. Right. It, it's a little bit of a challenge because what I what I learned early on, like many, like two decades ago, is and I'm not trying to, you know, there there are people who do rhythmic music really, really well. 
yeah. uh, not not uh, reaming on them at all. Uh, but I, I did learn that I could uh, put a 4-4 beat to pretty much anything that I did and not necessarily improve it, but, you know, give it energy and have it be more of a mainstream listening experience. And so yeah. I, I one of my very deliberate goals is to not do that. Or if I do go into some sort of 4-4 steady thing i make sure that it only lasts for a few seconds um I, I i like to really if there is percussion involved i really need to mix it up so that it's kind of stays out of that uh <laughs> i don't don't want it to be too accessible <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it's got to stand out you know it's it's i, I gotta do something a little bit different yeah, it's just right. too yeah. e too easy for me to put a kick drum on something yeah. so well there was that um that reminds me of sort of that movement in the 90s with the kind of ambient techno where it had the beat but everything on top of it was very spacey you know and there was there was that like like delirium yeah. and yeah. stuff like that mm -hmm. and it was kind yeah. of it kind of rain it it kind of went alongside the the trance type techno that also was right. kind of spacey oh, yeah. and floaty and droney and mm -hmm. if, you know and and somebody could do a ambient remix of that by just taking away the four on the floor beat you know and all of a sudden they have got you yeah know, yeah you know it was that that like you said that distinct of like having that rhythm there with that and then taking that away and then all of a sudden you have another genre <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's one of the cool things i've i've uh, found about spotted peccary uh the the label is that they don't really discriminate on you know i mean i i think there's a, a an album by a hyperium five that, mm -hmm. that's just come out and it is very it's got some groove to it. It's got a, a mm. real movement and rhythm and it, it's not that washy, spacey, um, uh, ambient thing that, that you, you hear sometimes. And Spotted Peccary doesn't really, they go for um, like a vision instead of a specific style they they try and make sure that each album has is its own listening experience and they give their artists a heck of a lot of leeway so that's cool really cool really cool that way yeah yeah it's really cool it's got um yeah and that way yeah like we put that it's very you're right it's a way to put it it's very every album is its own kind of vision its own kind of concept you yeah know, and 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 even with amongst artists like each artist gets to have they don't have to adhere to something that they did the year before, you know, they don't have to right. have another idea, another concept and stuff like that. And people will go along with it because, Hey, I, I like their music and I'm going to see where they go next. And yes. if it's, if it's drastically different than the previous album, that's okay. <laughs> yes. You know, yes that, indeed. That's okay. The departure or whatever, you know, cause they can always return to that again. So that's kind of the thing on it as well. So. With the percussion, you know, I, I like how you have that. You got these little like percussive bits that come in electronically and whatnot. And I, I wanted to talk about the 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 concluding song and the longest song on the album, uh, Soft Green, because you've got you've got a beat that permeates that one, very interesting rhythmic pattern, but it, it kind of builds into a, a rhythm, you know, like you said on that one and and kind of leads mm -hmm. the album out with a with a beat. 
Yeah, yeah. It it just felt like a concluding song. You know, it felt like the song that would wrap everything up and which is weird because it was probably the well, the first or second uh song that I wrote for this album. But um Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm arranging all the you know, I I I start doing this um just playing with sounds and and uh song structures and everything but after after things start to get fleshed out i kind of understand what the theme of the the whole album i try and think think in terms of whole albumness um yeah and so yeah that just ended up being the good wrap-up song there kind of you know it's a longer song and just kind of fades out so yeah, yeah it's not a nice fade on it how about the title? How about the title cup? It's like Daniel did this kind of like, it almost looks like a, a, uh, a, a, a it's a great lined digital cup <laughs> on yeah. there. When I saw it, I like, you did this. It's just, it's, it's that, that design. It, it, it's very, it's hard. People have to see it. You find the album, see it, listen. Um, but it's got like the line, those matrixy lines that, I remember I used to see things that would be like, yeah, you know, those grit, they'd be like parallel to each other. You know, you see that graphic and he's using that as a cup. Uh, where did the album title come from? Yeah. Yeah. He did a great job. Um, the album title. Well, first off the, the overall vibe of the album, it, it's, it's, it's got a little bit of uh, running water going in it. I love hiking and camping especially up here in the pacific northwest um spent a quite a bit of time on the olympic peninsula uh, a couple three years ago and uh, you know I, I bring my portable gear and record rain uh, so, so in a way the title cup is suggestive of of the water um but in addition it, it's kind of the, the the overall theme is, so so here's the thing is even though i don't want this to get too much into people's heads um i will i will say it since you asked um this is not a covid album it, it, it was made during covid but okay. i i i do feel like uh oh i wrote this during covid and i felt lonely and uh uh, there were no people or, or whatever people say. I, yeah. I, I want, want to get away from that because there's just a lot of it. And I, I understand it's it's fine. Um, but the fact is this was uh, made during a time when the, there weren't a lot of things to do. And there, it felt up here like there was a lot of open space, did a lot of camping, a lot of hanging out outside um and there really weren't people or tourists or, or anything around and um part of the the cup thing is is realizing it, there's an old zen uh saying it, it, it's a little fable or a little little story about a a, a, a apprentice uh, takes care of his master's stuff and he you know the master's got his favorite cup that he drinks from and one day the apprentice is cleaning up and uh drops the cup and it shatters on the on the ground 
And so the apprentice is going nuts trying to figure out, oh, how am I going to tell the master I busted his favorite cup? Mm-hmm. And um, so he finally says, ah, sorry, master, broke your favorite cup. Well, what are we, the, the world's going to end. And the master simply says, well, no, it's fine because it was already broken. Um, I knew it would, would break someday. So you're off the hook. Everything's good because nothing lasts lasts forever. And that was kind of the the, the feeling I had during the, that time of, you know, being out in the woods, being out in nature, um, just, just understanding that we've got this amazing thing and some someday it could come to an end, uh, you know, something can go wrong in your life uh and but it's okay because it was going to go wrong anyway once once you're comfortable with that idea and you can that then you can kind of relax in life and you know if you just shrug off the 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 disasters that are coming and that will come you're you're all good (laughs) so and and you know and then to what really solidified it was that my uh my father did pass on last summer uh in august and so when that happened he was really into yoga and zen and he um he he was a a tai chi i i would almost call him a master he he was he was he was a teacher. He was very accomplished and oh, very wow. respected. Yeah. And, and so I was, I was kind of like, uh, you know, that, that all ties in Let, let's go with the, the cup thing. It's, it's, mm. it's simple. Uh, and it, it kind of lent going back to, to Daniel, it, it goes, it, it, it lends itself to this kind of simple bare bones, um, artistic, uh, presentation. Um, yeah. So, you know, ultimately these, you know, for a year and a half, I racked my brain as to, you know, how this album is actually going to, you know, settle into its, its theme. And, you know, it it happens every time. Well, have you, have you been, have you been with the album? There's a lot of tracks on the album. Have you been with the album 2020 through it? Did it, was it a longer album to, to create? No, I had a I, I had an album come out in 2022, um, but you know the cycle of an album release. You're, I'm always working on the next thing while while something is is in its post production. Okay. Um, it's I don't know. It's kind of an 18 to 24 month cycle of okay. albums, and you know, so I was collecting audio and getting ideas for Cup um in 2021 probably okay okay the um yeah i brian it's been great to talk to you and and it's it's uh and you're welcome back anytime and it's it's uh you know congratulations with spotted peccary it's it's great to to uh to to see that they've um they've been really uh wonderful uh with this program and uh this podcast and uh i really appreciate that and uh you know look forward to uh to uh the album getting out there and and people uh being able to check it out cup so i appreciate it appreciate your time thank you very much and thank you for everything you do um i've had a relationship with uh, kblu for a long time 
they get all my stuff. I don't know if it's all still there, but <laughs> uh, 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 I, uh, I, I appreciate you. Oh, it's here. Oh, it's here. You all right. It. Yay. We have it. We, 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 our physical library is, uh, is very important. So yeah, it's all still here in the library. We like having the physical media here. You know, it's just, it's good to reference uh -huh. to, it's good to go back to. How about if it's not on the digital, the server, you know? And, and so anyway, no, we maintain. So. Excellent. That's great. It's great to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm old school like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. It. Me too. It's um, we have all our jazz vinyl still and classical vinyl. So we got all, all right. that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's tough because of space, but we're, that's why we're doing what we're doing is to make it work, you know, to be able to, to utilize space more effectively, to be able yes. to have, you know, that as so many albums arrive digitally, um, you know, there's still a lot that arrive physically or both. And, uh, mm -hmm. and spotted peccary is always great about having the physical copy come in and we have a place for it in the library. So, um, so that's, that's, part of our our thing here it's uh, terrific glad to hear it keep that going so <laughs> right on <laughs> yeah well thanks brian yeah and thanks for yeah. sending along the music too so thank you jason really appreciate it oh you're very Hope welcome to talk to you again all right yeah likewise you're welcome back anytime to tones and drones okay take care you too thank you And thanks again to my guests on this episode of Tones and Drones, Brian Hughes, a.k.a. Atopus. His new album on the Spotted Peccary record label is called Cup. We began the program with the first track on the album called Pure, and we're closing with a bit of the closing track called Soft Green. For more information, you can visit spottedpeccary.com, and you can also visit his website, atopus.com that's a-e-t-o-p-u-s you can find tones and drones on the major podcast platforms also on the npr one app and you can listen to the radio version of the program it's called tones and drones radio which you can hear complete works from the musicians who are on the podcast you can listen on 91.3 fm kvlu and streaming at kvlu.org on sunday evenings at 10 p.m central time you can also join the facebook group just search tones and drones i'm jason miller thanks for listening and may music bring you peace and joy.